Hey there, I'm Sailor, and this is Pretty Good for a Girl, a podcast about girls who rock, girls who can hold their liquor, and girls who will arm wrestle you in a rainstorm with a lollipop. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back. We hope your legs are shaved, your hair is washed, you hung your unmentionables to dry, and you've got a boozy drink in your hand. Oh, and tonight, girls to the front. Yeah! Yeah! Woo! Well, hello, my lovely ladies. Hey, Sailor. Hi. What's shaking? Too much. Okay. <laughs> I am really excited about this topic. One thing that's a super bummer tonight is that we don't have Kayla with us. Mm-hmm. Um, she unfortunately had some prior commitments that, that popped up and um, she couldn't be with us. However, ladies, I do have her cocktail recipe. So Ooh, we'll score. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'll do that. I will do that for her, but it is her cocktail, of course. Um, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, you know, we just had breaking news actually come across our desk. <laughs> very good, very good. Um, <laughs> so apparently 120,000 gallons of fermented mash spilled at the Barton 1792 distillery in Bardstown, Kentucky. Let me tell you, those bastards cannot get a break. If you remember all the photos that went viral and the stories that went everywhere and even people unrelated to whiskey of the barrels, the rick houses, which are the barrel houses, collapsing with the thousands upon thousands of barrels crashing to the ground. And I think every whiskey lover in the world had a collective Huh. <laughs> when they read that. Threw up in our mouths a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I think I peed my pants a little, you know. Um, so they just today um, had, I, I do, what is going on there? What is, what could be happening that your rickhouses weren't inspected to, inspected to that scale structurally? And now... You can have a spill that large, 120,000 gallons. I, so, so apparently one of the legs of a 55,000 gallon tank um, called a beer well, well, some people call it that, um, overturned, gave way and overturned. Huh? How the fuck is that even possible? How does that happen? To, is that the exact same thing that happened? No, 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 no. Last year? No, no, no. So this is, last year the whiskey was already in the barrels. The okay. barrels were in the warehouse. They were aging. Um, ah. The warehouse started to collapse, to collapse, and it was like a domino effect. This is giant tanks where they ferment the mash, which is the beginning, like the cereal of the whiskey. And then they will distill it after that, and then they will put it into barrels, and then eventually into bottles. So um, I, I think I found... I, I don't know how you could spill a tank that size. I, maybe I'm stupid. I worked in a distillery and have toured probably hundreds of them in my lifetime. Don't understand. 
Um, How routinely checked is that? Like, is that something that they're meticulous about in general? I hope. Most distilleries are some of the most meticulous places you will walk through. Um, Mm -hmm. Perhaps not all craft distilleries, but I would hedge a bet. I'm just saying that because I don't know, but I would hedge a bet to say they're probably even more strict because they have a lot more riding on it. You're talking about millions and millions of dollars that you spend before you even distill one drop, okay? Before your product gets to the shelves, you're on the hook from for most likely hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars, depending on how large your distillery is. Now, Barton 1792 is owned by a parent company, Sazerac. They own a lot of things, and um, they are... Shall we say, taking advantage of the capitalist system, and are them and a few others are monopolizing on whiskey and, and spirits in general and have been for a while. Um, who knows? Perhaps they're not um, doing well at managing all of their facilities and all of their brands. I don't know. Perhaps this is all very outdated equipment that has not been maintained well. And when they took it over, they just decided not to invest in updating it or fixing it or repairing it. I don't know. We shouldn't speculate at this time. Um, But it's, it's horribly sad. And my God, for this to happen to the same distillery is just mind-blowing to me oh man it's it's sad for the people that work there like i could give two shits about sazerac they're billionaires but it's sad for the people that work there this is their this is their craft this is their passion and their time and effort Ugh, it's sad for the environment too there's a lot of uh uh yeah the fish are uh didn't we didn't they lose a lot of fish in the a warehouse collapse. I think they did in the first yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, yeah, incredibly toxic to the environment. So, wow, um, what? Terrible. Another unfortunate thing about this is I would imagine um, this might lead to some stricter um, laws and enforcements as far as the environment goes, and, and and as it should, to be completely honest. But that's very taxing on companies and will be very taxing on smaller distilleries that will have to adhere to the same rules and regulations. So, yeah, it's just a shame all around. Yeah. Um, but I just felt like I would bring it up since uh, it, it just happened. Breaking news. Breaking. There you go. Okay. Well, Jenny, what the hell are we talking about tonight? <laughs> Ladies, hold on to your panties. Yeah. Holding. Tonight's topic is one of my favorite bands. This is a bunch of bad-ass beads that knocked down doors, broke down barriers, and kicked a lot of ass. Yes, they did. Hashtag Game Changers Bikini Kill. Well, ladies and listeners, before we get into our topic of the night, before we get into what we're drinking, before we get into our cocktail segment, holy shit, we got a lot going on. I want to tell you a little bit about um, a business that I just adore. Um, My friend Alice owns this business, and um, 
Are you guys familiar with um, this Bloody Sabbath? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So have you seen the um, Hex the Patriarchy pin that I posted? I put it on my leather jacket recently. Yes. Well, yeah. Awesome. She is. Love it. She's a phenomenal human being, first of all. Um, so I want to tell you a little bit about her and her business called This Bloody Sabbath because she is sponsoring tonight's episode. Um, so my friend Alice makes pins, like I mentioned, and patches, T-shirts, and jewelry that are inspired by witchcraft and the occult and intersexual sectional feminism, nature, anarchism, mental health, and the DIY ethos. Um, Right now, she's focusing a lot more on screen-printed items and her enamel pins, Um, but she's always adding new things to the shop, new ideas, Um, and uh, she's actually opening up another shop, which I'll talk about in a second, which is a little background on her. Um, She started this Bloody Sabbath when she dropped out of her PhD in history. She's absolutely brilliant. Um, she was really depressed and felt really broken at the time. And the shop, her creating it, was a big healing process for her. She was always a writer and a visual artist and studied the arts in many forms and was also very politically engaged as a student. And so somehow she wanted to merge all of these aspects of herself and do something that would, as with a coven or a Sabbath, unite like-minded people together. Something that would have meaning and bring beauty, power, and healing healing to other people. So she told me that as a radical feminist and anarchist, it was not always easy for her to reconcile her values and uh, being a small business owner in a patriarch patriarchal capitalist system. Sing it, sister. So it's really important for her to support other small businesses that are owned by women, people of color, non-binary, trans, queer, and disabled folks. Um, Another thing she wanted me to mention was all of her t-shirts are made ethically with fair labor, um, and that includes the materials. As much as possible, she also uses ethical trade um, in all of her goods. And I mentioned that she's launching another shop, which is called, I'm going to fuck this up because it's French. (laughs) Here we go. Le Fleur du Mont Botanical. Sorry, Alice, if I fucked it up. (laughs) Merci. Um, So she describes her wares as decadent vegan natural skincare inspired by poetry. And you can find, I know, I I love how she describes her businesses and her projects. Um, You can tell there's a lot of passion behind it. Yes, yes. Um, So... You can find my friend Alice and both of her projects on Instagram as this underscore bloody underscore Sabbath or on Etsy as this bloody Sabbath. Um, Or you can find her other shop, which I'm not going to try and say again. Um, You can see that link (laughs) on this bloody Sabbath Instagram. And we will also put it in our show notes and on our Instagram page. Um, Please check it out. Please visit her shop. And we thank her so much for sponsoring tonight's show. And I think she's an excellent fit for the subject of the night as well. Agreed. 100%. Thanks, Alice. Um, Thanks, Allison. All right, ladies, before-
before we get into our discussion, what is everyone drinking tonight? Well, Jenny, do you want to go first or last? Because you're excited to tell us what you're drinking, so do it. It's going to get me in trouble. Oh, shit. (laughs) So tonight I was kind of in a, meh, I was in a mood, you know. I get pissy sometimes, who doesn't? So I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to get anything uh, for tonight. I was like, well, I'll just drink whatever's in the house. But then I got to a point where I was like, ah, I regret it, 100%. So I was like, what does Matthew have? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, this scares me when you tell me these things. <laughs> so, I'm almost bad tonight. So what I'm drinking, and it's actually amazing... <laughs> Oh crap! Is uh, blackened. Oh, you! Oh my god! You're gonna get in so. <laughs> now I'm gonna get you in trouble. What? And I keep reminding him to send you a sample. Uh, yeah, don't fucking drink it all. I know. So I poured myself some blackened. That's a big pour you got there. Fucking amazing, <laughs> and it's um, yeah. <laughs> I put it over ice. I didn't want to, you know, deflower it or do anything horrible to it. That oh, sweet baby Jesus, this is going to take Mama to a good place in a good way. <laughs> and, oh. uh, and Matt will hear about that when he listens to our show. Hide, hide the evidence is all I have to I say. Know, he's not going to lo- notice like the lowered level of the, the bottle. Fucking better not. Um, if yeah. he's if he's a true whiskey obsessor, he's gonna notice in two seconds. He's not <laughs> seriously. I can walk by my bottles from across the room, and I'll catch on the corner of my eye. Who turned yep. that bottle a quarter of a centimeter to the left? Thank you. <laughs> so much. This was, up, this was up to the one sound. Oh piece. yeah. Oh yeah. And don't even think about filling it back with water to make the level go up. No, my God. It was <laughs> I tried that. Well, that would be really fucked up. But I tried that. I tried that when I was younger, and it backfired because I kept doing it to a bottle of my stepmom's vodka, and so eventually it was just all water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought she wouldn't notice. Hmm. Oh no, no. <laughs> yes, well. Yeah, that was, that's what I'm drinking. So I'm, I'm pretty happy. And God damn it, it's fucking good. Now it's I'm. Good. So- I'm jealous, damn it. Mm, you can try it. I haven't found it here yet. I can't find it either. I, and I, I'm just not prepared to pay $25 for shipping. That's what's killing yeah. me is everywhere. Yeah, oh, awesome. yeah. Everywhere I can find it online, the shipping is outrageous. Yep, that's crazy. Yeah. So we, we went on vacation recently to the South Padre Island, Oh, that's Texas. right. Anton. Yeah, South Padre, yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> And, and we saw it there, but the prices there were ridiculous. And I don't know if it was because they were an island or they were further south. And everything. I think it's only like, like 45 bucks. Okay, yeah, it was way more than that. Yeah. I think it was for 60. So I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw it somewhere for 68 or 69. I was like, fuck that. And then they wanted $18 for shipping or something. I, I was, no, not going to yeah, happen. No. So I got to wait until I can find it. Yeah. Here, when so. Or when Matt ever sends it to me. This is payback for me not sending it to you. But not yeah. my payback. Yeah, yeah that's true. Sorry. the rest of the bottle. Yeah, what Carolyn said. I didn't yeah, say it. It's like a little apothecary bottle, like he's ready to send it. Yeah. He just, Tell him to get his ass in gear <laughs> before his wife fucking drinks it all. Jesus Christ. He doesn't have any backups. That. No. No. 
Wow. That I already know. I know. Right. I know. I know. Oh, God. Can you guys... Do you, what are you drinking? Well, before we get into that, so I have still... So all of my stuff from Massachusetts has not been shipped out here yet. I am still without my bottles of whiskey. Oh, no, your baby. I left the last week in July. I took... I packed up two boxes, mm-hmm. and... um. I have my solicitor's license, so I figured, well, I'll just say I'm driving across the country for work if I get pulled over. I don't know. (laughs) And I just thought, well, I'm only going to be out here for a little while. I thought it was just going to be a short trip, so I'll just take those bottles. Um, So I didn't want to leave them in my storage unit because I was afraid of, like, heat and cold. So my friend Kelly has been babysitting them for me. And she is not a whiskey drinker because I am not yeah. a dumb girl most of the time. You're smart, you're very smart. <laughs> but I miss my bottles so much. I'm telling you, I'm going to have a raging party when they get here. And no one's going to get to have any whiskey with me. I'm just going to take a sip from every bottle. <laughs> Poor Robin. <laughs> Too bad for Robin. Too bad. <laughs> Tonight, I am actually drinking something that I have not had in such a long time because Washington is a very strange state for yeah. spirits for spirits um so we have in, so we have legal cannabis in the state of Washington mm-hmm. and to pass that we had to raise taxes on alcohol i don't understand the correlation no. i didn't know that i don't fucking know idaho is less expensive, does not have cannabis, their liquor is cheaper, and their taxes on liquor is cheaper. So you can drive 20 minutes, 25 minutes to the state line, and there's a giant liquor store that's called State Line Liquors. And you can purchase liquor for much cheaper. But the selection there sucks balls. Um, The selections here, what I do is there's this one supermarket by my house, and they will, it looks like they're buying... I don't know if they buy a lot, if they're buying just cases. They're, like, getting thrown some cases at a good price because they wanted something else in in bulk. But it's these weird rotations. Like, one day I walked by the shelf, and there was um, Evan Williams Black and Green for, like, $14.99. I was like, what the fuck? I mean, well, and I'm, don't forget, I'm used to Kentucky prices and Southern Ohio prices, Mm -hmm. which are, you know, just amazing. So then there was a a rotation of Old Forester and, and they'll, and it'll go away. Like you'll, it'll change the shelf. It will go up another shelf and the price will go up. I do not understand how this works. (laughs) And so lucky for me, um, I went by yesterday and scored myself a bottle of wild turkey. Ba-ba-da! So tonight I'm giving them the bird. <laughs> nice. Um, I, for some reason, every any wild turkey expression is outrageously expensive here. Don't understand. I don't know if it's allocations. I don't know if it's distribution. I just really haven't dug into it yet. So um, it's just something I haven't been able to grab. And I have so much wild turkey packed away that it's hard for me to buy it you know and like oh well i'm gonna get my stuff sent out here any day now um but man let me just tell you when you are obsessed with a specific producer Mm -hmm. 
it's I think this was a really amazing test for me because I love and anything wild turkey and to not I have I have not I I killed that um I killed my last sips of rare breed and my what else did I have decades or something haven't had it pass well it's left over from my uncle's wedding um I haven't ha- pass, had it pass my lips in a very long time, maybe a couple months, I think. I, 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 I'm just, I think they're my favorite. I mean, the, Buff- I'm obsessed with Buffalo Trace as well, but I got to tell you, and Old Forester, I got to say, Wild Turkey is just, it's everything. I'm in it love really with you, Wild Turkey. <laughs> It's my favorite distillery. And mm. I love everything they do. And this was such so, a great so qualifier to be away from it for so long. And this is just their regular offering. This is just the, I, I hate, there's yeah. no such run as the run of the mill, but it's just there. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh my God, what am I drinking? <laughs> it's so good. Um, so that is what is in my glass tonight. And probably before the end of the might, night, I might, I can't even speak anymore already. <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm going to have a little too much, but that's okay. Yeah, wild from the wild turkey. All right. So, yes. All right. So, as I mentioned earlier, Kayla couldn't be with us tonight and we miss her. Um, she always has super awesome cocktails ready for us. And um, I love it because not only is she so amazing and talented, but it's one less thing that I have to do. Um, but so she she really hit it out of the park today. Um, so I'm going to tell you what she had prepared for us. She called it So Emotional Baby. So, um, so good. Um, 0.75 ounces of Altos Reposado Tequila. 0.75 ounce of Old Overhaul Rye Bonded. It's one of her favorites. Um, 0.75 of Platinum Rum. Plantation Rum, sorry. 0.75 of Chinar 70 Proof. 0.25 ounce of Benedictine. And six dashes of Peixos Bitters. I'm going to put two notes here right now. And Kayla and I discussed this many, many, many moons ago. I mentioned that I mentioned two ingredients that people often mispronounce, and I typically also mispronounce them so that people understand what the fuck I'm talking about. Although it's not the correct way to pronounce it, oftentimes it's more important for me to um, have the people I'm speaking to understand what I'm saying. So if I am teaching a cocktail class um, or speaking on podcasts about these cocktails and how to put them together. Most likely the people that are interested are not super familiar with cocktails and all of the ingredients. So when you go to look for Chinar in the store, you're not going to find it easily because it's not spelled Chinar. It's Italian. It's C-Y-N-A-R. So you'll often hear people call it Sinar. And although that's not correct, oftentimes I will pronounce it like that just so you understand. And I don't want to sound like a pretentious asshole. Um, Same thing with, and by the way, um, Chinar is a beautiful Amaro, which means it is a bitter liqueur. Um, and it's distilled from many, many ingredients, one being artichoke. It sounds Ooh, super bizarre, but it's incredible. And chinar with whiskey is particularly amazing together. Um, and then I mentioned six dashes of Peixos. 
Pei shows is a bitters, a bitter tincture. The chinar is a bitter liqueur. Two different things. Pei shows is spelled pie shods, and most people call it pie shods. Although that's incorrect, that's how you're going to recognize it. You probably all of a sudden went, oh, okay, I know what the hell she's talking about now. Um, but it is French, and so it's supposed to be called pay show or pay shoe. Um, been out the French today. I don't know. Really fuck I didn't do it. <laughs> These ladies did it to me. Um, so after all of those ingredients, um, the tequila, the rye, the rum, the chinar, the benedictine, the pechos, you're going to stir in lemon and orange peels, both of them. And then you're going to spritz absinthe on your glass. You'll put one of those nice big ice cubes in there. And if you remember way back from the Drinking Darlings, I used to go on and on about ice cubes because it's a thing for me. Um, And I'm going to take a second and I I feel like I'm channeling Kayla right now and she's going to be so happy with me that I did all these little notes. Yes. Um, So the best way, my friends, to make ice cubes is to get a very cheap jug of distilled water. You can get it from Walmart, grocery store, whatever, right? It's what you use in, like, vaporizers and humidifiers and stuff. It's what you want to use in your tea, electric tea kettles, etc. Use that for your ice cubes, and I'll tell you why. If you are someone that drinks your whiskey just on the rocks, like tonight, um, uh, Jenny, you're drinking the blackened on the rocks, you're adding in pollutants that these whiskey producers have gone to painstaking lengths to take out. So distillers are very careful about the water that they use. It's not going to make a huge difference, but to me, it does. <laughs> I talk about garbage ice cubes all the time. You know, those those stupid trays that come with your freezer and you just throw <laughs> tap water in them. It's a sacrilege. Um, so they, ha- they sell those uh, silicone ice cube trays just about anywhere. You can get them at the dollar store now. Mm-hmm. And they make those big cubes. So just since you're not going to use those every day... Save the distilled water for those cubes. And that's also how you get clear ice. You can either boil the water first or you can use distilled water. And you will notice a difference in flavor in your cocktails and your drinks. um, And you're just honoring the spirit better. So um, you're going to want to put all of this together and stir really well. Um, You're going to pour it over that big ice cube I just talked about. And you're going to garnish with a mint leaf. Um... And you're going to want to throw those peels away. Don't leave them in your drink, by the way. So Kayla said that the idea is that the four base ingredients are all in there equally representing the four band members. And they're all heavy hitters. Even the Amaro, she says, is 70 proof. And it's a little rebellious to have tequila, rum, and rye all together with their high ABV Amaro in the mix. And she said also... The name, So Emotional Baby, is a lyric from Double Daria, one of Bikini Kill's songs, and it spoke to her the most this week. So that is freaking phenomenal. I can't wait to make this. And um, oh, yeah. she's she's so good. We love Kayla. She's so, so good. Thank you. Well, all right. Hold on. Carolyn, what are you drinking? Oh, fuck. Oh. <laughs> How did that happen? Hold it. <laughs> Wait a minute. How does that Beastie Boys song go? Hold it now. So, um, 
don't know. We, we got home tonight, and I had just picked up a new bottle of rum, so I am just doing a uh, rum, a pirate mule, what I call a pirate mule. So a uh, Moscow mule, but with rum instead of vodka. I like it. What kind? Sorry. She's like, and that was that, folks. <laughs> what kind of rum are you using in your cocktail in your pirate cocktail? Exactly <laughs> All righty. Well, there we go. I just snorted. Oh god. <laughs> All right. So. Hey, does anybody get the connection between the Beastie Boys and Bikini Kill? Uh, no? Oh my gosh! Really? Fucking hell! Alright, I'll tell you guys later. You can win a prize. And don't Google it. You cannot Google it. Don't Google it. Okay. Alright, so let's get into the topic of the night, which is Bikini Kill. We're Bikini Kill, and we want revolution! Girls don't So a little backstory on the band for those of you who may not be familiar with Bikini Kill, um, especially because of Kathleen Hanna's other bands that became very, very popular later on. So Bikini Kill formed in Olympia, Washington in October of 1990. So the band was formed by Kathleen Hanna on vocals, and she was the driving force of the band. Billy Karen on guitar, Kathy Wilcox on bass, and Toby Vale on drums. Hanna, Vale, and Wilcox all met while they were attending the same college, Evergreen State College, here in the great state of Washington. Is that anywhere by you? It is not. Nowhere by me. Nope. (laughs) Carolyn's knocking everything over, just trashing the whole studio. Um, so Kathleen Hanna also published a fanzine called Bikini Kill for their first tours in 1991 and would make a point to try to get one in the hand of every single person that came to the show. Um, they wrote songs together and encouraged a female centric environment at their shows. And one of the things that I remember from them most Um, and that I think a lot of people do is they would always urge women to come to the front of the stage and they would print out lyric sheets so that you could read the lyrics and follow the songs. And so she would literally stop the show and she would say, and sometimes she would do it at the beginning, depending. And she would say, all right, all right, every, all the ladies, all the ladies come to the front, come to the front, get up here, get up here. Like I'm serious. Get up here. And she would wait. And she would say, dudes, get in the back. Yep, yep, exactly. Dudes, get in the back, get in the back. Dudes, you're always in front. And also, she wanted a safe space for the ladies to dance and mosh and just enjoy the show without getting elbowed and kneed and kicked and whatever. Um, So she would... (laughs) 
she would notice things going on while she was up on stage, like men pushing women out of the way or just being aggressive. And she would dive into the crowd and, and even guys that were heckling them, she would just jump into the crowd and have them removed and, or she would remove them herself. Um, they were, she suffered and the band suffered a lot of abuse. And that's going to be kind of a thread through all of this. Um, dudes that would go to their shows would physically assault Kathleen Hanna um, during the shows back when tickets were still inexpensive and easy to get. Now, as they got more popular, it was very expensive. To, you know, it was like a, they were well-known in a famous band, and I don't think a lot of men were going to go to the show that weren't into them just to heckle them. But in the beginning, it was a lot of house parties, basement shows, whatever. There was usually no security or just bullshit security. Or the security didn't like them and didn't want to protect them so they really had no protection. And that was another dual side of her asking the women to come to the front because they felt like it would protect protect them, too, that perhaps the dudes wouldn't, you know, right. break through the wall of women to get to Kathleen and Hannah. Um, but, man, they had chains thrown at them. And, like, really, they were seriously injured several times, which is just fucking that, bullshit. That's yeah, that, That's just like when we talked about... Um, 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 Joan Jett. Um, the Runaways. The Runaways and Joan Jett, yes. broke a freaking rib. Yep, People yep. are so hostile sometimes at, mm-hmm. these, at these shows. Like, it was so important for women to have a safe haven, and I'm so glad that they were able to, to do that. Who hasn't been at a show, uh, a rock show, where you're trying to rock out, and you got these people, like, going fucking crazy? Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, when we discussed this, I don't know if you remember when I interviewed Itchy Kitty. Because I had gone to see them live right before I interviewed them, and I witnessed a girl get knocked over by a guy, and he did look down and see her. And I will tell you, I was in, you know, uh, would be at hardcore shows and punk rock shows and metal shows a Mm -hmm. lot, and most often, the guy will look down and help you up, and and it's like, oh shit, I'm sorry. Um, But I have had my own experiences, too, where I was purposely kicked Mm -hmm. and hit and stuff. Um, just standing there trying to enjoy the music like everybody else. And this girl, he looked at her, looked down on the floor, saw her there, and just didn't care. And so I grabbed him by the back of his scruff and just pulled him into me and said, no, <laughs> like a grandma. Put my finger in his face. No. <laughs> yes. No, Sonny. Um, <laughs> I didn't say Sonny. I swear to God, I didn't say Sonny. I didn't say Sonny. I should have. And he was just like, oh, I'm five foot tall, you know? He was... Right, twice exactly. my size and i just i th- <laughs> i think I, i'm sure i caught him off guard but um so eventually the band start gained more popularity and started to reach larger audiences and um it's funny because i love i've always loved the name bikini kill like who the fuck thought that up i fucking mm-hmm. love that so wow. it was actually um, so another Riot Girl musician, um, Lois Mafio, I hope I'm saying her name correctly, um, she adopted Bikini Kill as a band name inspired by a 1967 B-movie, The Million Eyes of Sumuru. Ooh. <laughs> like that? We are, we are multicultural <laughs> today. <laughs> <laughs> She and her friend Margaret Doherty used the name for a one-off performance in the late 1980s. They wore faux fur and did this like punk cave girl costume. I really, I I tried to find pictures and I couldn't find it, but that sounds hot as fuck. Um, Mm -hmm. 
Vale really liked the name and appropriated it after Maffeo settled on a band name called Cradle Robbers, which is <laughs> fucking great, too. Fucking amazing. Um, that reminds me, I need your opinion at the end of the show because my band and I are trying to come um, figure out a name that we can all come to. I want the Bruce Willis's Nobody's On Board With Me, but that's fine. Is that when all of your songs have something to do with Bruce Willis? Yes. And the, and I want I want our first album to be called Nakatomi Plaza, and all I'm going to do is say Nakatomi Plaza like 50 times as our like single. <laughs> but I digress. Oh my god! <laughs> oh god! Okay, so eventually they made a demo cassette, as most bands did at the time, by themselves. It's called Revolution Girl Style Now exclamation point um they released this eventually um demo tape as an ep on the indie label kill rock stars um it was produced by ian mckay of minor threat and fugazi not too shabby Mm. um and the band that album really began to establish the band's name and audiences really started to take notice um, their debut album, Pussy Whipped, was released in September of 1993, and they began touring outside of the U.S. and working with Huggy Bear, and they eventually released a split album with Huggy Bear called Our Troubled Youth slash Yeah, 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 and uh, toured the U.K. together, um, and that actually, that tour was a subject of a very indie documentary a film by Lucy Thane, and it's entitled It Changed My Life, Bikini Kill in the UK. I watched it. It's very good. Very indie, but very good. Hmm. Like a good, like, time capsule of the early 90s. Hmm. Especially from a girl perspective. I know. There's a lot of, like, there's a lot (laughs) of, like... Simpler times back then. Right? There's a lot of baby barrettes and bobs and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um... So they come back to the U.S. and Joan Jett hears about them and is just like, fuck yeah. So um, Joan Jett is one of her biggest influences and was obsessed with the Runaways. So they get together and they're just like, blah, with each other. Um, So Joan Jett says, hey, I want to produce music for you. I want to help you guys out. I want to hook you guys up. I want to support you. So she produced. Can you imagine what that was like? No. Yeah. Like your no. idol, this person that you, no. you look up to, is saying, and they're oh, like, I wanna help. I wanna yeah, and they're like, I'm a big fan of your music. Yeah. yeah, and you're like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Who am I? Oh my god. But also the two of them, the way they speak, they're in their own worlds. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to hear that conversation between the two of them, like yeah. what that must have sounded like, you know, because. Elephant banana. Yeah, totally. Of course. Chair floor. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's kind of how I envision it in my head. Um, So Joan Jett produced New Radio Rebel Girl for the band. And then Kathleen Hanna co-wrote several songs on Joan Jett's Pure and Simple album. Like, holy fuck. How fucking amazing would that be? That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So... The band starts to get a lot of media attention. Mm-hmm. And now, for the listeners that may not have been um, old enough in the 90s to remember what the 90s, early 90s were like, and for the men that are listening, to be still then, to be a girl that dared to be angry, 
um, for the mainstream was not okay and not acceptable. Um, for a girl to say, hey, you know, the way women are treated often is bullshit. The fact that we don't feel equal is bullshit. That was still not acceptable at the time. Um, and then to have women using their sexuality in a way that was offensive was absolutely not popular. And the media did not like that at all. So, um, so they're being called at the time pioneers of the riot girl movement. And all, there's all these stories being written about them, all these articles. And most of them, they did not interview the band. So they were publishing some really fucked up shit, um, sharing some pretty intimate personal stories about some of these women, some of the abuse that they have suffered, sexual abuse, physical abuse, um, without permission from these women. And um, without it getting statements from them, quotes, interviews, whatsoever. And, um, and then uh, Kathleen Hanna did sit down for an interview, and her words were twisted so badly that um, it was stated, not by her, but by the um, person who wrote the article, that she was sexually abused by her father, which wasn't true. And when she read it, she flipped out. And she decided that she was going, yeah, she was going to call for a media blackout amongst all the riot girls. And they did it. It was incredible. Whiplash happened, of course. Whiplash, backlash, both um, coincided. And the press got even more angry and more hateful. And that created more hateful crowds, unfortunately, at their shows, um, which sadly was mostly men at the time, which just seems just bullshit um so uh really when they look back on their time creating this band they see themselves as being abused and vilified and really just having to take the hit and and starting this movement and pioneering this movement and um you know i I think that's it's fucking incredible what they did um, there's a really amazing documentary that you can get on Amazon right now. You can rent it. It's called Punk Rock Singer, and it's all about Kathleen Hanna. It's about how she started um, Bikini Kill, um, kind of her evolution through all of her bands, and um, gives you a real good... Um, it's a really good time capsule. I think it was really well done. Um did you guys know that she coined the term smells like teen spirit? Yes. How awesome is that? I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Her and Kurt Cobain. Yep. Her and Kurt Cobain were really good friends. They were buds and, um, they got, went out and were fucking wasted one night. And she, she said something about, you know, cause he was not, he was not, uh, super popular yet getting there and so she's making fun of him for it oh yeah you and your teen groupies and so she spray paints on the outside of his apartment building i think it was kurt cobain smells like teen spirit actually she spray painted that on the side of an abortion clinic. oh that too but i think they did it in both two places right oh that, that was just amazing that they did. i oh i know i think it was in two places but yeah fucking amazing yeah, he was dating um, Toby Vale. Yes, so that's right. He and Kathleen Hanna were buddies. Yeah, they were super buds. I love that story. Yeah, so it's much. such a great story. And yeah. she felt really honored when he used the term smells like teen spirit. <laughs> like, she, she was really into it and really all about it. That's awesome. And um, interestingly, many, many, many years later, she's at a festival 
and Hole is playing that festival. And um, her and, and Kurt had gone their separate ways because they were, you know, touring in their separate bands. And she had moved to D.C. already and they hadn't seen each other in years physically. And um, she had never met Courtney Love. Courtney, Courtney Love stops, walks over to the side of the stage and just punches Kathleen Hanna in the face <gasps> for no reason. Yeah. I did not know that. Yes. Oh, the ever classy. Yes. Ever oh, classy. the oh yeah, the ever classy. Um, and what fucking sucked about that is that Courtney played into what the media still likes to do right. is pit women against each other. Because God forbid we should all fucking support each other, and then right. there can be more than one woman at the top. Um, you know, they want to have us cat fighting all the time, and right. so that's kind of how the media treated it. And this is during her blackout, and she was like, no, I'm not fucking giving into it. She, they had never met each other. There was there was no rivalry. There was no fight. There was no nothing. They didn't know each other, whatever. Um, yeah. Fucking sucked. So um, I feel like at some point we should circle back to Kathleen, Han- Kathleen Hanna and kind of talk about her on her own because she is such an, an interesting person. Mm-hmm. She is... When I watched the movie Punk Rock Singer, um, so many people in her life talked about being so fearful for her safety um, in the 90s because she was pretty fearless and not always smart about these things and protecting herself and um, Mm -hmm. the abuse that she got. She took from a lot of um, male, I don't know what I want to call them, not fans, but attendees at some of the shows. Mm -hmm. Um, But what's really funny is she would go on, and here's here's the answer to the question I asked you guys earlier. She would go on to marry none other than Adam Horowitz of the Beastie Boys. Oh, yeah, fuck. <laughs> See? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it was um, MCA's wife, who was, who was a documentarian. She's a film producer. And she made an indie film and asked Kathleen Hanna to be in it. I think I'm telling the story correctly. And so Kathleen Hanna said, well, I'm in the middle of a media blackout, and I get that you're not the mainstream media, but I'm going to have to cover my face. So she conducted the interview in a ski mask. Oh, my God. (laughs) In some, like, weird, creepy basement hallway or something. And so (laughs) so I'm so sorry that I can't remember her name. MCA's wife says, I, and I hate doing that too. She has her own identity. Um, MCA's wife comes back and says, oh yeah, I really want to introduce you to somebody. I think you guys <laughs> get along really well. And her evidence of this awesome girl is this chick in a ski mask in a fucking creepy hallway giving an interview. And he's like, he was just like, what in the absolute fuck is go? Who the fuck is this chick? Um, so yeah, and eventually they you know, got together and they were, I guess, their own brand of crazy and have been married for a very long time. Um, but Kathleen would go on to um, create La Tigra. Anybody a La Tigra fan? Mm-hmm. I was all about them in like, what was that, like 2004 or something like that? 2005? I can't really remember. And then the Julie Ruin, which I love as well. Um, to cover them in future shows. So good, so good. Um, So the band eventually broke up in 1997. It was just a lot, a lot of pressure 
just so much negativity and abuse was thrown at them. I think it was very hard for them to enjoy what they were doing and what they did. They did it for so long being broke, you know, like riding in a shitty old van and sleeping on floors and, and so on and so forth. Um, so yeah, unfortunately they succumbed to the pressure. Um, they did relate, uh, release, sorry, a compilation of singles, recorded between 93 and 95, and they released that in 1998 under the name The Singles. So they made three albums together, so Revolution Girl Style Now, Pussy Whipped, and Reject All-American. So um, they are touring, though. They recently announced new tour dates for 2019. I am beside myself with excitement. I have adored them for so long no they're doing they're doing u.s tours um they added more and that happens sometimes i think they try to like see what the interest is gonna be um so okay so the u.s tour right now um okay um so there's gonna be hold on a second i should have pulled this up earlier so it's going to be their first full shows together since 1997. Like, holy crap. That's a long freaking time. Um, okay, so, of course, uh, so there's L.A., Brooklyn. Then they added, so they they added two additional dates. Um, and now they're saying that they might add more dates as well. So right now, those are the only places you can see them is there's one, two, three shows in L.A., three shows in Brooklyn and one in New York city itself. I am really hoping for myself that they come to Mm -hmm. Washington since that's their origin (laughs) and wherever the fuck it is, I will go there. But I have a feeling they just kind of wanted to see if, you know, people, they're so beloved now. I, 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 I truly hope they See how they would be welcomed. They yeah, and they, I hope, yeah, and I hope they can get along well. And Kathleen Hannah suffered from, um, she was ill for so many years. She has um, Lyme disease, yeah. but it went untreated for so long. Yeah, and when it goes untreated for so long, it starts just destroying your body and yeah, all your internal really- organ. Yeah, and then when you start taking the treatment for it, um, it it's like you get it all over again. And so it's the, the treatment makes you sicker before you get better and can take years. So that was a, a, a horrible for her and stopped her from uh, traveling and touring for a long time. So yeah, let's hope that Bikini Kill is going to do more shows. So um, I would like to hear from you guys. Tell me about your relationship with Bikini Kill and your thoughts and feelings on them. Um, I love, I love Bikini Kill. I love them. I, I told you, I, every time Matt and I get into an argument, I go, suck my last one. <laughs> I yelling, him at, yelling at him in Bikini Kill. <laughs> but, um, I love them. Um, I love that they are raw. They're dirty. It's not always pretty, but that's, I, that's their point. That's the point they're trying to get across. It's very representative of the message that, you know, what us ladies are trying to portray. And I think, you know, feminists all over the place are trying to portray, like, 
it's not always going to be a cookie cutter. You know, music isn't always going to be this beautiful, poetic thing. Sometimes you're going to get some people that are pissed and that are trying to make a point. And you get that emotion. You get that raw emotion. And, oh, my gosh, I just I fucking love it. Rebel Girl, come on. That's, that's like Stop. an anthem. That's Stop. the anthem. That is the freaking anthem. Yeah, totally. Love it. Um, yeah, they, they were... Um, I was watching um, an interview with um, Cindy Anderson, and she directed The Punk Singer, um, the, the indie film that you were mentioning before. Mm-hmm. And the person that was interviewing her said... And she put it so well is that she was appropriating the energy of punk into feminism. Because before that time, when people thought of feminism, they thought of, you know, just, you know, cookie cutter person, no makeup, whatever, straightforward, doesn't shave their legs, whatever stereotype you have in your head. Man hater. Yeah. Yeah. You look at Kathleen Hanna and she she wore oh my god she wore lipstick how how can you how could you see this and you know be a certain way and look she's got lipstick on she does her hair and she sounds like a valley girl she had that she appropriated the valley girl i love that yeah i love that she said her and her best friend thought they sounded rich because they had valley valley girl accents so i mean yeah they're badasses they they paved the way they changed they were a game changer for for ladies in punk rock, they were game changers for feminists everywhere, and I just love, love. Here, <laughs> <laughs> here. Mm-hmm. Carolyn? So I, I, I am less familiar with them. They're a little before my time. I was, I was seven when they formed the band of stars. <laughs> but, I, but but I'm very familiar with their song, The Rebel Girl, and, and listening to their songs um, over the last few days. Uh, fantastic stuff. And, and, I, and I will never get tired of experiencing um, any woman <laughs> expressing herself exactly how mm-hmm. she wants to with zero apology for it mm-hmm. and, and continuing to do so even when she's experiencing abuse or hate or backlash, like just, I, I love that they, that they did exactly what they wanted to do and, and kept at it. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that like what you touched on a good point, doing it without apologizing. Mm-hmm. I have mentioned this previously and it's still difficult for me. Um, and it's, you know, really the reason I wanted to start this podcast. I've always found myself in male-dominated industries and male-dominated mm-hmm. groups. And whether it was my pastimes, fuck's sake, or my jobs, I was like, is there anything I'm interested in that's going to have a bunch of women in it, for Christ's sakes? Um, so I have always had to apologize. And I've always felt that I had to apologize. Mm-hmm. Um I remember I have this very, very crystal clear memory of being um, 13, I think I was, 13, 14, and my girlfriends and I were trying to start a punk band, and we were in her garage playing, and it was the middle of summer, so it was hot as shit. We had the garage door (laughs) open, and um, two of the boys from the block rode by on their bikes, and they were, like, sat there for a minute and, like, listened, and then, like, came up and 
they were talking to us and it was very condescending and they're also 14 years old or 13 whatever right. we were they're the same little, age little dickheads and they said and <laughs> one of the kids I, I don't think <laughs> right and i don't think they were att- i don't think they were really trying to be as condescending as they were but i'll never forget the one kid said to me you gotta smile more though because like I don't think anybody's going to want to listen to this if you don't smile. Like, you can't you can't look angry, you know, because uh. girls should look happy. And I just remember being like, okay, at the time. Uh-huh, and right. Very confused. Like, a part of me wanted to be like, fuck you! Right. You hadn't found your voice yet. No. No, and I, and I was... I, I was kind of, I don't know. There was a, yeah, I don't know. It was it was a tough moment. And I've experienced that several times. Um, I was in, uh, I was in a band that, uh, and I was on stage when I would play with har- other hardcore bands that were all dudes. And um, to be honest with you, to go out there with no makeup on, and look as crappy as the other guys did. They didn't give a fuck what they wore, how old or dirty or stinky it was. If their hair was stinky and sweaty, nobody gave a shit. If I would have rolled up like that, I would have been called a lesbian. And at the time, that would have been a bad thing. Because anybody that calls a woman that isn't dolled up a lesbian is a fucking idiot anyway. Yeah, God forbid I'm a lesbian. That just means, what, I don't have anything to offer you? Fuck you. Um and I, and exactly. I, they wouldn't have wanted to listen. And that has always been a big part of the problem is, you know, um, and it's a, this is going to be a weird person to use as an example, but Gwen Stefani, you know, I'm just a girl in the world. I don't think most people have really know the words to that song, the lyrics to that song. Um, but I remember hearing it on the radio and I, the first thing I went was, who's this girl with the baby voice? I was just like, because I was, you know, I was always into hard music. Yeah, and I was like, what the fuck is this? And, but it, I, my sister may have had it on, so I couldn't turn it off. We were in the car. And I heard her saying things like, because I'm just a little girl, little old me, well, don't let me out of your sight. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Um, you know, and I just thought, because I'm just a girl, I'd rather not be, because they won't let me drive late at night. Mm-hmm. I'm just a girl. I guess I'm some kind of freak because they all sit and stare with their eyes. And I just remember being like, oh, fuck. This oh, yeah. girl with the little girl voice is bringing it down, you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So. That was a great. That was, that was I mean. It's take, another take avenue. No doubt for what, what they are. Right. But another avenue. Female anthem. Right. It's a great female anthem. And my, my band, Nikaya had was in a cover band years ago and we did that song and I loved it. I mean, it's yeah. a it is a great song for what yeah. it is, um, and it's funny because you'll hear a lot of guys in particular because I remember I can remember one of my friends being like, "Oh, I fucking hate that band. She's I can't stand the sound of her voice." And I don't remember why we were talking. Oh, one of our one of the tattoo artists had a, a picture of her up on the wall. That's what it was, and he made that comment, and I, <laughs> I just but you know, for me, Kathleen and girls like her. That did that were not apologetic. I seriously looked up to them. I wanted to be like them because I wanted to feel confident enough to not have to apologize for being a woman either. That I well, and to both sides, 
I wanted to not have to apologize to the women if I wanted to wear red lipstick and high heels. Right. And I wanted to have, I didn't want to have to apologize to the men if I didn't want to wear red lipstick and high heels. And if I wanted to be fucking angry and scream and mm-hmm. on stage and kick shit and be sweaty <laughs> and whatever the fuck, you know, if I wanted to ride my BMX bike with the boys and skateboard with yeah. the boys and, you know, I don't know, all that stupid shit. Like, I, I, I wanted to be that so badly. And so when I, when I came across them, I was fucking obsessed. I was just like, and it's funny because I would have moments and it happened to me just the other day while I'm watching the documentary. I cringed a lot while she was talking. I cringed a lot at the footage of her on stage because it still makes me uncomfortable because mm-hmm. I can see the reaction in the men. There, There's a few pieces of footage in that movie that are very interesting and you can mm-hmm. see the reaction of some of these guys. These guys are up against the stage in this one piece, literally almost in her fucking face. Mm-hmm. And they are, you can, it's not that she's reaching out to them. They are all the way up at the front of the stage. Like yeah. there's nowhere else they can go. Their knees are at the bottom of the stage. And so she just stood there and just screamed right in their faces with her microphone and didn't move back. Mm-hmm. I would have Stop moved back. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm telling you, <laughs> exactly. I would have moved back. And God damn it. I wish I didn't have to say that, but I have been there. I've been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was absolutely I was there that. once with a guy made a comment about my pussy while I'm on stage Ooh. and I kicked him in the face. Good for you. Me, my guitarist came, tried to get, he was like a split second behind me to kick this guy in the head. But I mean, <laughs> and, and I didn't, I, I was, I changed the way I, where I went on the stage after that. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, I, yeah. I wish that I had the balls that she had. And I, I, I just really you admire her. The, when you're, when you're a pioneer like that, you have big balls. It comes with the yeah. territory. And hers were fucking huge. Huge. huge yeah. ass balls. I mean, I huge. Love it though. We, need, we need those kind of women mm-hmm. out there doing that, pioneering it. So those of us with, necessarily a weaker voice but maybe a quieter voice mm-hmm. can be like okay all right i'm going to emulate that i'm going to aspire to be as awesome as that and and kind of pave our own way maybe we don't have to be as crazy and wild or loud right. or you know but like we can kind of do our own thing and and still be ourselves and be just as awesome so i you know respect to her it's awesome absolutely i totally agree with yes, that like 100% i I feel like I, I relate, I don't want to say relate to her, but I, I, I look up to her more now as a 32-year-old grown-up woman because I've never been more, like, woke mm-hmm. <laughs> than I am now, I guess to say the least. What the kids are all, what the kids are all saying. <laughs> I'm freaking woke, like, and maybe it's raising a son, like, my son's three years old, so I, I look really, like, he has this book. Let me give you a, a, an example. He has this book given to us by the sweetest old lady I've ever known in my life. So she doesn't she mean any harm by it. It's a firefighter book. And it's a very old school looking book. The firemen go to the fire. The chief tells his men what to do. 
what did I do with the book? I crossed out the word men and I wrote <laughs> firefighters. I took a black crayon and I drew hair, long hair on a couple of firefighters. Because <laughs> I told Henry, I'm like, Henry, mommy's doing this because women can be firefighters too. <laughs> right. can do anything that men can do. You know, like little things like that. And it's exactly yeah. what you said, Carolyn. Like maybe I don't have to be as ballsy as the amazing Kathleen Hanna was, but I feel like if I do little things little by little, I'm still honoring her message of what she was trying yeah. to do with us. Yeah. You absolutely are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you absolutely are. And I, it's, it's, it is perfect what you said, Carolyn. And I feel like that's the point of her and other women. She did that so we wouldn't have to scream so loud. So that our normal volume would be heard. And we still have a long way to go. Yeah. <laughs> Granted. <laughs> and I, I want to bring up a quick example um, because you both have sons, I, I'd be very curious, and I'm going to put you guys on the spot a little bit, and I apologize for that. Um, so I posted something on my Facebook page. You may have seen it. And um, I, c- I came across this article, and of course, for the past two weeks, I have been knee-deep in Bikini Kill, um, no pun intended, <laughs> and um, just, like, feeling really inspired and, you know, fired up and, like, you know, right. yeah. Um, (laughs) exactly came across this article and I'll read you the title rather than wrestle a girl in the state championship this high schooler forfeited and so I I reposted the article and said we've come so far but moved so little Mm -hmm. now the majority of the comments (laughs) from men and women alike which really surprised me were well it's fine. And I've always taught my son to never hit a girl. Or, well, you know, he was put in a, in a lose-lose situation. If he hits a girl, he's an abuser. If he doesn't hit a girl, he's a pussy. And for so, me... Do you know what high school wrestling is, Thank first you. Of all? Thank, th- and that was my... There's no hitting involved. Well, first of all, that was my whole thing. I'm like, it's a sport. Yeah. So <laughs> they, they were opponents. The end. They are both athletes that are opposing each other in a sanctioned sport you know we're not talking about a boys wrestling thing like no it's co-ed now it's co-ed now it just so so happens that it isn't 50 girls against two guys or 50 girls against 50 guys it's co-ed it's going to take a while for it to be a little more equalized as far as the numbers but I was so shocked by everyone using, well, I've taught my sons not to hit a girl. He's not fucking hitting a girl. He's not being abusive. He's playing a sport. And yeah. then there was so much, so many people saying, well, men are have a larger body mass and this, that, and the other thing. Have you been outside of your house lately? Um, <laughs> when has that ever been true? I And for me, the whole thing was, first of all, who gives a shit what fucking junk is in their pants? If I have tit- if they have tits or not, does that what does that have to do with a wrestling match? Literally, what does a penis and a vagina have to do with a fucking fucking high school wrestling match? Fuckling, I just, I like, it. No. like with a fuckling <laughs> wrestling match. 
Nothing. It has nothing to do with it. Literally strength and positioning. That's all it is. If they both got to the... I feel bad for the little boy because I think he was misguided. Very much so. And absolutely. And they probably thought they were doing the right thing. I I think everybody was trying to do the right thing here. And that was my point for posting the article. That this... I did see that. By the way... For my husband first. By the way, they were both at the state championship. Right. So that alone... She's already good at it. Exactly. Nullifies the whole, well, boys are stronger than girls and it's an unfair advantage. Fuck your face. They're both at the state championship. So clearly she has wrestled how many boys to get there? So I feel bad that this boy felt that he had to, that he would be doing something wrong by participating in the sport with her. And I'm shocked shocked by the comments from the people that I know Mm -hmm. in my life that were agreeing that, well, he was very respectful about it. I think he did the right thing. Fucking hell. They went to a bar and there was a brawl. That's totally (laughs) different. Of course. But there are so many flip sides to this. You know, I don't need to be protected because I have a vagina. I don't need your protection. That number one, just because I have a vagina, I don't need it. I could be a man that's only five foot tall. They exist. I could be a woman that's six foot three and plays rugby. I happen to know one of those. And she will kick anybody's ass that comes her way. She's <laughs> fucking brutal. And she doesn't even know it, her own strength. She's fucking brutal. It has nothing to do with anything. And I'm so sad that we are still here. That... In 2019, we are still teaching our children. So this is the thing. They're high school kids. Oh, my God. We're still not there yet. So we have to wait for, what, another generation? And then, what, another generation? I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. And I think... Maybe maybe our sons will change the course. I hope so. I I mean... We'll try. And the whole hitting a girl thing, too. My nephew got hit by a very large girl in school. He refused to hit. He would not touch her. Wouldn't hit her back. She actually gave him ear damage, permanent damage to his to his hearing. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. And he wouldn't he wouldn't he wouldn't touch her. He would and that what I'm why I'm saying he wouldn't touch her, not that we should teach our children to fight. He wouldn't right. defend himself. Right. And defend I think himself. he was afraid to defend himself because it might mm-hmm. be seen or the very act made him feel like he was hitting her in some way and he right. he was taught not to do that and he has a younger sister but he has permanent hearing damage so what 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 do all those people say about that mm-hmm. so he should just walk around with permanent hearing damage because he shouldn't have defended himself against this person because she had a vagina who cares the fuck does that have to do with anything my, my son has a cousin who's a year younger than him and anytime he spends the night he comes home with a bruise like one night she threw a block at his face and oh. he came home with a black eye like awesome I mean <laughs> so, so girls can be just as crazy yeah. yes and just as abusive but, you know. and all of those things like if anyone tries to hit you defend yourself and if you yeah. have to fight back for your safety do so if you are in a sports match Sexual organs are fucking irrelevant. Only talent matters. That is it. Talent and sportsmanship. So that's the end of my rant on that. That, I I just felt like it was not, it was not a coincidence that that came up this week. I felt like 
And I wanted to hear your perspective because I know you both have boys too. So that's why I brought it up. And no, you, I, I would expect course, my son to wrestle the heck out of her. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. You, you, you teach your, your 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 kid to obviously never touch a, a girl. At, you abuse. Know, abuse. You know. Right. Yeah. But if you're in a freaking high school wrestling. You're fucking wrestling, right? Like you're you're you're, you're classified by weight, so it's not like it's a, this hundred yeah. You should be that fighting hundred fifty yeah. pound boy. And she made it to the yeah. state championship somehow. Right. I um, wonder if it was yeah. because she had her Did pink ribbons. No, they didn't. She just floated to the top rank. And by the way, I'd like to get to a point where what you just said is actually emitted from our language that we don't teach our boys not to hit girls; we teach our boys not to hit anyone. Yeah, so, totally. so, so totally. I think because by saying we should teach boys not to hit girls actually comes from, and I read this in a really interesting article, um, from uh, spousal abuse. There was a time when it was absolutely permitted. And if you look at old shows like The Honeymooners, to the moon, Alice, it right? was you, that's, you put your wife in line. That's you, it was legal, it was permitted, it was socially acceptable. And th- And then, of course, you know, times changed and we evolved and so we say never hit a girl it should be don't treat anyone that's weaker than you um poorly and don't hit anybody equally you know Mm -hmm. that's that's where the um that saying the rule of thumb comes from because you are allowed to hit a woman as long as as a man you can hit your wife ken in quotes as long as whatever you're hitting her with wasn't longer than your thumb. thumb yep Disgusting. So I want to read something that's going to piss you guys off because it pissed me off. Oh shit! Okay, go for and, it. And um, I'm not going to say his name, but it's a real person who really thinks this way. Okay. And um, it's a it's a tweet, something that they tweeted. Oh fuck! And he's a very douchey guy, <laughs> and he he put this up not to be ironic or to be silly, but this is something that he truly believes. And it says how to be a beautiful woman. Oh fuck! I already hate him. Did you, do you know this? No, but I already hate him because okay. fuck you. He's not a woman. Go fuck yourself. Woman. Be thin. Oh, God. Be able to cook. Ah! Have, have long hair. Shut up. Wear makeup. No. Be feminine. Be graceful. Be sensual. Shave. And in parentheses it says, should without saying. Be fashionable. Wear pink and feminine colors. Love men. And last, but my favorite, listen to men. Yes. That's amazing. So reasons, people like that, are the reasons why we have podcasts like ours and the reasons why Kathleen Hanna is a goddess among mortals. And, um, yeah. Also, did he Sailor tell travel from the 1950s? Said, yeah, I was like, did yeah. he time travel from the 1950s to tweet that? Yeah, I what think the so. hell? I think so. Oh, man. <laughs> Taylor, Taylor's practicing her yoga right now. She's starting into a Literally, year. the only thing I have on that list is that I have long hair. That's it. <laughs> I'm doing yoga breathing right now. That's all I have. Which, which <laughs> I learned by a badass fucking amazing woman who's a yoga teacher and a goddamn marine biologist and rides a goddamn motorcycle and shreds guitar like a motherfucker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know but Does her. she have long hair and wear pink? She has long hair, but she does not wear fucking pink. Not that there's anything wrong with pink, but she wears a fucking motorcycle jacket. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. She's a badass. And she likes men. Another tweet he said was, um, unnatural hair colors in women, like pink, purple, etc., are a warning signal to stay away. Yes, please stay away, you mother... Yes! Okay, that is a call. That is a call to arms, my ladies. I want all of you listeners right now, and all of you men that are listening, obviously you're the best of the best because you're listening to the show, tell your ladies, tell your daughters, tell your sisters and your nieces and your aunts and your grandmas, go out. I want to see everyone. I'm actually on my way bleaching. I've already been working on it to get some hot pink in there if that is a signal to stay away let's all do it because those motherfuckers need to stay the fuck away from me yep amen love it what's what's say his fucking name who cares do we know him no okay then say his name who gives a shit it's it's public Uh, on twitter he's on twitter yeah his name is alexander ja cortez at aja underscore cortez Thank you, AJ underscore Cortez, for telling me how to keep you far, far away from me. Amen. I will make sure that I have some form of color in my hair at all times. It's unnatural to keep people like you away from me. Thanks. That's awesome. All right, Carolyn, I need help. (laughs) You know what I mean. <laughs> We're gonna play some music for your listening pleasure while we take a break, so Sailor doesn't, as usual, wee wee her pants. Oh, Cause I'm just a girl in the world. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. This is not a test. 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 I'm about to fall out of my chair, so let's shut this shit Like down. Carolyn. <laughs> hey, girls. We are getting stalkers and creepers, uh, and J.A. Cortez on you, Carolyn. <laughs> I don't think that guy will find me, like, uh, ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anybody else can find me on Instagram, at Salkaholic. That's S-A-H-L-C-O-H-O-L-I-Z. And everyone oh, can find... Sorry. That's okay. I'll do Kayla's for her. <laughs> Everyone can find Kayla as Cadellus on Instagram. And then me, you can find me as Sailor Retro, an angry, angry woman on Instagram. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, and you can find me at rumderwoman247. And you can follow this podcast on all of the usual podcast platforms under Metal Rock and Whiskey. And find us on Instagram at Pretty Good for a Girl. And please, please hit the subscribe button. It would mean so very much to us. Okay, ladies, get your air guitars ready. It's time to riff the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs>